Welcome back to the Hex Drinkers Podcast. It's Jules here with the boys, Eric. Hello. Oak. Yo. And Chev. Yep. And we are a longtime playgroup during the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up both our game and yours. You know, I didn't I didn't think of a, a funny transition for this one, but we're we're back on our usual BS doing a little group brew. We uh we made it through the hellscape that was eternal spoiler fall. And now we have time to actually sit and digest some of the things that we were uh, force-fed over the last month and a half or so. I don't know about force-fed. Some of these are pretty enjoyable. Some of these are pretty cool. <laughs> that we had to eat quickly. The buffet True. was closing. Yes. Yes. It's, it's when... Rather, the next yeah, exactly. buffet was opening. <laughs> they just keep opening new buffets. That's, right. That is more accurate. Right. So many uh, buffets. But anyway, we're going back to the beginning or the pseudo-beginning of all this madness, uh, with DMU, Dominaria United. We talked about a bunch of legends, both from the main set and the commander releases, so we figured we should give them some love, and we actually decided on a, I would say, a frankly surprising pick for this group. Uh, we're talking about a Boros commander. Oak, Ooh. who we who we got? <laughs> who we got? Well, um, the man we got... Uh, for this group brew is Astor, Bearer of Blades, who, if you may recall, I brought up in our uh, Legends video for Dominaria, or video, uh, pod, <laughs> for <laughs> Dominaria United. Um, he's pretty cool. He's a 4-4 um, human warrior, though his skin is quite gray. Um, looks a little bit orcish to me, but, you know. Um, when he enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an equipment or vehicle card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest of it on the bottom in, of your library in a random order. So, nice ETB. Uh, notably, uh, which I mentioned it during that pod at first, vehicle or equipment's uh, focus commander to have an ETB like this that uh, digs you a card. And on top of that, he also has the two static effects. Equipment you control have equip one, and vehicles you control have crew one. So there's a lot of different ways that you can sort of take this guy, and that was sort of the reason we uh, decided to uh, choose him for our group brew this week. Yeah, I, I think this is something where we did all end up taking relatively different directions. I, I went with definitely one of our, our more tried and true ways to find a new deck within a commander, but uh, I, I think at least the three of you guys have very different ways that you took this. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like uh, we each kind of took one portion of what uh, Astor is doing, you know, one relevant line of text <laughs> and, and uh, portioned it out. It looks like, uh, Chev, you're doing, you're doing some vehicle stuff, so you got that, that bottom line. Uh, Oak, you're doing some Voltron-y things, so you're probably looking at that, that middle line. Yep. And uh, I made a combo deck. So I'm looking at that first... Paragraph. <laughs> paragraph, yeah. Hey, in fairness, I took the fact that he's a 4-4 four, four for 4 in Boros and made a budget deck because hmm. I don't think anyone's paying a lot of money for a 4-4 four, four for 4 in Boros. I uh, know they're paying uh, about 30 cents, uh, according, yes. to, according to Scryfall. Apparently, if you want a foil one, you're only paying 28 <laughs> Tell me how that a makes bargain. sense. <laughs> the foiling's bad. True. It curls the card. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Well, anyway, my my deck is pretty straightforward, so I'll just I'll get right into it. Um, the first thing that I noticed, obviously, Astor, as as the boys will talk about, huge Voltron potential. If you want to do any sort of vehicle, uh, dot mm -hmm. you know vehicle dot deck, he's probably your go to. But the biggest thing for me was when he ETBs. You look at the top seven. Now. That's that's basically dig through time right there. Uh, that is a that is seven cards. One might even say that's seven percent of your library, even a bit more uh, by the time you draw your opening hand and everything, and this guy comes down. So I was like, wow, we can we can look really deep. How can I, especially in Boros, which doesn't have the most tutors, how can I uh, leverage this in terms of just being able to see huge chunks of my deck, and then get to presumably a combo. So uh, there's a couple of combos that I want to I wanna talk about that specifically utilize equipment uh, to go off. And they are, first off, if you have Aurelia the War Leader and Helm of the Host, uh, this is an infinite attack, infinite creatures sort of situation. 
and Helm of the Host, of course, is a, a great equipment that basically just uh, doubles your doubles your creature every combat uh, and also makes it so it's not legendary. So we can just continually untap, get new combats, make new Aurelias. They're not legendary, so we're chilling, and they can get in there and do the thing. Uh, similar to something like, you know, a, a Hellkite Charger and a Aggravated Assault, or um, Hellkite Charger and uh, Bear Umbra, that sort of thing, if you're familiar with that. And then also, uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can uh, do it, but Nim Deathmantle is a busted card. Uh, this is two mana for an artifact equipment. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, has Intimidate, and is a black zombie. We don't care about that. Um, we All we care about is that uh, whenever another non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay four if you do return that card to the battlefield and attach Nim Deathmantle to it. Notably, the Deathmantle does not already need to be uh, equipped. It just uh, has to be on the field and see something die. So that plus a sacrifice outlet, usually going to be something like a Quark Clan Ironworks or an Ashnod's Altar, and then something like uh, Cathodian, which is a three-mana artifact creature when it dies, add three generic, uh, can get you uh, not only infinite mana, but infinite ETBs and LTBs. And when you have something like a Ingenious Artillerist on the field, that's going to be infinite damage. So those are my two main combo lines that I'm going to be looking to get to with my deck. Julian, I have a question. Answer. <laughs> uh, are you aware of, or do you know of the card Godo, Bandit Warlord? I do, yes. Um, I believe he also goes infinite with um, Helm of the Host. Uh, and, and he tutors Helm equipment. of the Host. <laughs> yeah, if you happen to True. get him instead of uh, the Helm off of an Astor ETV. <laughs> Well, you can't get Goto off an Astro EP. But you can't get Aurelia either, right? Yeah, but I can get the Helm. Well, it's just, yeah, it's more redundancy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yes. There, there are, so there are a few different ways, and there's like, with Nim Deathmantle, there's like a million different ways to make the combo. I tried to uh, approach this from almost like a CDH uh, point of perspective. So when people look at my deck and they see that it's $1,500, it's, <laughs> that's because yeah, we're, that we're optimizing here. Too. Yep. We're out to, yeah, I knew you were going to ask, Chev. I put, I put all the fetch lands in. I put, you know, I want to go as fast as possible. Also, there's a bunch of these cards that are just, like, randomly $20, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and there's tutors in here, too. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, I saw the Goto thing, and he being, I mean, Aurelia is, is six-man as well, but I just like Aurelia better than Goto, I guess. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, yeah, Goto, and then there's a few other ways that you can do the... Um, the Nim Deathmantle combo. There's like other things you can put in for redundancy. Um, like you can do it if you have Worm Coil Engine. You can also do it with Mirror Battlesphere. I kept Worm Coil Engine just because it's a better card, also slightly cheaper. Mm. Um, you can do it with a Phyrexian Altar, um, but it's just easier to go through an Ashnod's or a Kark Clan's Ironworks. So just to kind of pare that combo part down and be able to put in more things to protect or just tutor or whatever, draw through the deck. I tried to pare that down, okay. but that is a good uh, a good include for anyone who wants to do something like this that's not as uh, not as efficient, I guess. Interesting. Okay. Or more or more budget conscious as well. I did not because I believe Aurelia is uh, Aurelia is also eleven dollars, so you could easily swap her out for a Godo. Yeah, I I definitely did not look at it that way, but that uh, I, I guess that does make sense. Uh. Yeah. It seems like you also have sort of an aggro idea going on here because you're running, as you are wont to do in these episodes, four of the swords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had some, I had some, I had some extra spots, and I was like, well, God forbid we combo are, redundancy. Nah, let's put in some swords. <laughs> we're no, we're breaking. We are. Um, we're bricking, we, uh, someone removes a combo piece. We have some ways to get them back in this, namely like things like Mirror Retriever, things like Ironclad Slayer, uh, things like Remember the Fallen. Um, a card that I actually never seen that I think is actually pretty good, I, I will point out, Ritual of Restoration, a single white return target artifact from your graveyard to your hand. That's any artifact. If you're playing any sort of white deck, this is getting back a Wayfarer's Bobble, this is getting back a Mindstone that you sack to draw a card. Uh, you know, not the flashiest card, but certainly something that's, uh, that's usable, I would say. But, um, but yeah, I figured I should add in just some like good cards, um, just if we need to like get on the aggro plan, get some value, um, or protect one of our pieces as well, because the swords do give protection. Um, and also just like, I don't have 
that many equipment in here because um, I put them in for like the combo and then a lot of the rest of it is mana rocks, draw spells, etc. So I don't want a brick on Astor. So having at least something that I can get in the form of a sword um, is, you know, some sort of card advantage at least. Um, in your defense, actually, I, I want to come to your defense briefly for putting a bunch of swords in I appreciate in here. that. Uh, because I did mm, put a bunch of swords doubt. in mine. Well, not a bunch, but like three in mine as well. Um, and notably, I, I tried to do the very actually cheap ones since um, I think... I'll get into this later, but I think protection is very important for Voltron. Um, one of those cards, uh, which you have also included, is Sword of Hearth and Home, which I know also has another nice little synergy with Astor, if you wanted to uh, dis yeah. discuss that. Yeah, so <laughs> that, is, that is like the final quote-unquote piece of my deck, is um, being able to blink Astor. And I for I, I decided to forego cards like Conjurer's Closet and Teleportation Circle just because they are four and five mana and you have to wait until end step and all that. Um, but something like a Sword of Hearth and Home uh, that gives protection from green and white and whenever the equipped creature deals combat do damage to a player, uh, you can not only rampant growth but also blink your creature. Um, blink up to one target creature that you own. So it, it doesn't even have to be the person, uh, the creature that is equipped with the sword. But no notably, we can blink Astor. Uh, and this gives us additional triggers to once again dig another seven cards down. Um, and I'm running things like Cloud Shift and Just Just Yars Portal and, um, you know, Ephemerate and all that sort of stuff to make sure that I can trigger Astor more than once as opposed to, you know, having to wait for him to die and then pay six and eight. Um, I'd rather just be able to kind of control that. And we can also utilize that as a, a protection ability if someone just try, tries to uh, take him out. So, mm. uh, One card that I do have a question in here about. Um, you were talking about, you know, Teleportation Circle, Conjurer's Closet, those are a little bit expensive mana-wise. And you were talking about your one mana get us an artifact back from the graveyard spell. I think you should cut Ariok Survivors because I think that you would never want to spend six mana on that. That is bad. <laughs> uh, I saw that card. I saw that card. I put it in, and it's definitely something that you could get. You definitely could cut this. I put it in because one, it not only returns. It returns specifically one of our combo pieces. It returns a equipment from the graveyard to the battlefield, and it also attaches. Um, which I uh, put some value on. So that's fair enough, but you definitely could swap this out for just... Like, that's exactly where Goto should go in my mind, because yeah. Goto is another consistency tool, just like Ariok Survivors, but instead of getting it back, he just grabs the combo piece that you didn't lose previously. So you lose your Helm of the Host, Goto comes in, grabs uh, well, Nim Death Mantle for you, so that you can go on a Nim Death Mantle mm -hmm. combo route instead. Um, I... I, I like the idea of the consistency and making sure that you can get your combo pieces back, but six mana four six equip a combo piece that this can't combo with is not it, unfortunately. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, otherwise, I think there's some sick stuff in here, namely uh, sushi. What a wild card! Weird little sushi. little snake guy. Uh, <laughs> but when it dies, you get four mana. And so uh, I could certainly see some value from that with an Ashnod's Altar uh, coming down and uh, popping off to get you some, some quick colorless for some combo pieces. Yeah, this is a redundancy for Cathodian. Uh, definitely something that <laughs> if you were going to build this deck, you shouldn't put in. Cathodian's redundancy for Suchi being the $100 card. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, uh, Suchi, because it was, I believe, only printed in Antiquities. It's a reserve is, list. Yeah, 100 yeah. Also, also, yeah, is a uh, hundred six dollars. Um, so yeah, that's that's a hell of a card. But uh, but yeah, I I just made that replacement. So people who are listening to this, if they look at the list, uh, they will see Goto and not um, I honestly forgot what the other card was called. Uh, that survivors. is a reason that I was. It's bad. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, that is another reason though why I was thinking I put Aurelia over Goto is that Aurelia has uh, the haste and mm -hmm. the flying, whereas Goto does not. Um, you know, theoretically. Once you get infinite attack steps and you have infinite of these, it doesn't matter, but... I you know, do have... Just in case people are turtled up. A quick question. It does require one mana per loop, right? Every time you want a new combat step, you, yep, you have to put Helm of the Host on a new guy, right? Or am I crazy? Oh, no, because um, the, 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 the creatures come in untapped. Never mind, never mind. I'm stupid. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 How many are you is... confirming that Eric's stupid or agreeing with his assessment? The, the oh, listeners need to know. Both. I am stupid. Okay. The loop does not require any mana once you make the first attack because the other creatures don't need to have Helm of the Hope host equipped. They generate their own combat step and you get the additional creatures for the next loop to make the additional attack to get the additional combat step. This works gotcha. for both Godo and Aurelia. Yeah. I guess just like a couple more cards I want to point out just because that's that's pretty much my deck. Um, something that could be swapped out, but I am running the Sigarda's Aid, which is the one that says or an equipment spells you have flash. And when an equipment enters, you can attach it. So that's a great way to cheat. Uh, Helm of the Host costs four and it costs five to equip. Um, we definitely have a, a ton of ways to make mana in terms of like mana rocks and, and things like Ashnod's Altar and stuff, yep. but that's a great way to cheat it. And also, um, something like a Nim Death Mantle, if you already have most of your pieces on the field, you can actually do this at instant speed, um, which is uh, pretty sick. And then just um, a couple other ones. Uh, I was looking for a lot of ways to not only like, um, uh, basically, a lot of ways to um, protect. All my permanents because this is a, like a three or four card combo and um presumably we won't be able to play all of them out in one turn and then go off uh, so i was looking for ways to protect things but since so many of our pieces are not creatures uh, i was looking for things that gave protection to permanents so um i want to call out faith's shield as well as um blacksmith's skill uh, blacksmith's skill is from modern horizons 2 i think um, of course, always busting things open. It's a common, busting things open. A single white instant, target permanent, gains hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Hmm. If it's an artifact creature, it gets plus two, plus two, we don't care. Hexproof and indestructible for any permanent is uh, absolutely busted. A face shield, target permanent you control, gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. That's, you know, unless someone's doing like a board wipe once again, um, this is gonna, this is gonna get it. And then uh, finally... Um, a throwback from OG Mirrodin, Razor Barrier, one and a white, so not as efficient, uh, but target permanent you control against protection from artifacts or from the color of choice until end of turn. So great ways to protect things in white if you are, um, if you're not focusing strictly on creatures, if you have enchantments, artifacts, etc. Those are great ways to just kind of protect them for the low, low cost. And that's that. <laughs> Very nice. Very cool. <laughs> I think actually my deck ended up having, I guess, quite a bit of overlap with yours as well, as far as interesting tech. And uh, but I guess ours were the most equipment focused. So yeah, what do you what do you got going on over <clears throat> there? So mine is uh, specifically a Voltron focused. Uh, obviously, equipment is a big part of that, and Astor being equipment synergy. Um, uh, that is the I believe the category of permanence that I have the most of. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Not even just artifacts, uh, just straight-up equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, so, I guess on the topic of Voltron decks, we know, I feel like at this point they've sort of been done to death, and Astor does provide a uh, interesting sort of twist and so, some extra value that we haven't really seen from equipment-focused commanders before, so... Um, I wanted to take most of my time uh, highlighting the sort of interesting cards that provide specific synergies with him, or just like neat and interesting tech that I found, uh, as opposed to focusing on cards that I think are just generally good for Voltron decks, like mm -hmm. Seize the Day, <laughs> for example. So, mm. yeah, um, a couple of these cards Julian already mentioned, um, specifically Cloud Shift and Ephemerate. Um, they're kind of like weird protection from targeted removal spells for this deck uh, that also proc uh, Astor's ETB. And they are a little bit of a non-bow in an equipment-focused deck. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully, uh, I mean, Astor's ability allows us to re-equip everything for one mana, so it's probably not going to be too much of a loss uh, if all of that stuff falls off from him to avoid him dying. Uh, importantly, we're not focusing on auras pretty much in any sense whatsoever, so we'll, we'll be able to get him back. Uh, in fact, uh, we may even be able to re-equip them for free using such tech as Fighter Class from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Fighter Class is 
uh, one red oh, no. and one white for a class enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you get to just tutor up an equipment into your hand, which is sweet, but when you activate its first leveled ability, uh, equip abilities you activate cost two less to activate. And at first I was looking at this, I was like, that doesn't matter, we've already got a super low cost for equipment anyways. But then I was like, wait a sec, zero is still less than one. <laughs> so, <laughs> if we get if we get that out, we get an equipment in our hand and we get to level it up, uh, hopefully with Astor out, uh, all of our equipment is going to cost none. I was going to say, that's, that's an important distinction because a lot of cards like this uh, will say, this can't reduce this to less than one mana mm -hmm. of whatever but this one doesn't care it's like yep go negative one you get a rebate on that equip like <laughs> yep you get you net one mana uh, <laughs> crazy yeah e easy infinite um so yeah uh sort of on this note of uh equipment that costs generally a lot to equip uh but is very good uh, as a result um you might not want to run in normally in a Voltron deck. Uh, just a couple examples of that. I feel like the classic these days is Colossus Hammer from AFR, which costs only one to play, but eight to equip, and gives a creature plus ten, plus ten, which obviously we're going to want, but, you know, uh, Astor being just reducing it to a static cost of one lets us get around that. Same thing with Argentum Armor, which is cost six mana to play and also has an equip cost of six, but... Gives an equipped creature plus six, plus six. And whenever the equipped creature attacks, uh, you get to destroy target permanent. Similarly, Sword of Cauldra. Equipped creature gets plus five, plus five. Whenever equipped creature deals damage to a creature, exile that creature. <clears throat> um, all we get to take advantage of Astor's uh, cost reduction ability with. Um, on the note of Cauldra... <laughs> I was about um, to point out this card. This is sick. Yeah, uh, so Cauldra Complete, I still don't know how to pronounce that, Complete. Um, yep. <laughs> I, want, I want to pronounce it a little bit different because it's not spelled right, but I think it really just is pronounced Complete. Um, really, really <laughs> sick card, uh, in my opinion, flavor-wise. Uh, looks like a Bionicle, kind of like a spooky Bionicle, uh, printed in MH2. It does! Oh my god. <laughs> um, but it is a... Legendary artifact, equipment, uh, living weapon, indestructible, and uh, equipped creature gets plus five, plus five, and has keyword soup, essentially. First strike, trample, in indestructible, haste, and uh, exile a creature if you deal damage to it. Which is, uh, notably, he, he costs seven to equip, <laughs> so another one of those really expensive to equip <laughs> cards that's just really uh, cool in a deck like this. Um, the next one I want to talk about is one that Chev briefly discussed uh, in our, our video where we uh, went over Astor, the uh, Dominaria United Legends. Uh, Bludgeon Brawl uh, <laughs> essentially turns all of the mana rocks you'll inevitably have in this deck into equipment. Um, specifically, each non-creature, non-equipment artifact becomes an equipment with Equip X, and Equip Creature gets plus X plus O, where X is that artifact's converted mana cost, so... We can have Astor pick up our rocks and start hitting people with it. Um, power is certainly a bit more important. Uh, and we still get that cost reduction on the not-really-equipment equipment that uh, Bludgeon Brawl sort of provides for us. Uh, team or Battle Rage? Yep. <laughs> uh, certainly I a card. Put, I, I, <laughs> pretty good card. Um, I, I like it a lot. I... Mostly, I want to talk about it as a budget replacement for Acroma's Will, which is now mm -hmm. a ten-plus dollar card, and yep. people will probably think you're less lame for playing it because it's a common. Commons are cool. It's also budget in the sense that uh, it costs less mana to play, and probably does the two most important things, which is give your creature creature double strike and trample. Oh, um, I think. Team or Battle Rage is a great target for another personal favorite uh, equipment of yours and mine, yep. Sunforger, which actually has a pretty favorable uh, interaction with uh, Astor as well, now that that equip does not cost a million mana. Yep. Um, whenever I build a deck like this, uh, I always try to set aside, like, 10-ish instants for just for straight removal, because uh, I feel like that's probably pretty realistic, and... Running Sunforger in this deck, you'll definitely be able to take advantage of all of that, in addition to 
uh, Teamer Battle Rage, like Julian mentioned, um, and the aforementioned uh, protection spells, uh, or pseudo-protection spells, the flicker spells. Julian, I'm surprised we uh, we didn't see Sunforger in your combo deck. That seems like it would be a pretty useful piece. Um, Tutors up, I guess... equip, and then you can get your tutors for the other equipment you need. True, you could do that. It seems a little slow for me relative to just like running the tutors and draw spells, but if you want to get cute with it... Uh, yeah, that's fair. Sure. Six mana and if, and cards bring something back from the graveyard, too, is, is uh, much more on rate, I would say. <laughs> Listen, fuck off. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, though, uh, if you did want to be lame and play a Chroma's Will, Sunforger can also cast that from your deck because true. it costs four, so, yep. you know, yep. not bad. But Very again, fair and good. <clears throat> yep. that, makes you, that makes you lame, so uh, just play Team Battle true, Rage instead. <clears throat> Un- un- oh, unless yep. you really like winning, and then uh, uh, you can do that. You can even <laughs> run both True. if you really like winning. Yep. Yeah. That's Done. okay. Yeah. Who, who likes winning? You're though? right. You're right. Who, who likes? You winning? got me there. So I've I've got three things I want to add here, Oak. The first one we'll go in order of you know content. Uh, first one, obviously the most important. I'm seeing contraband livestock in here. Yep. Amazing card. It is. Um, I know you and I both enjoyed it. The second it, it, it was spoiled, uh, the, the two-mana exile a creature, and then they get a random goat, boar, or ox. Yep. Incredible. <laughs> um, the second is... Well, also, I guess the third, I didn't count right. Um, I think phasing would be more useful in your deck. So, we you briefly talked about Blink being, um, you know, it, it unequips all your stuff. It still costs one. But I was thinking of something specifically like Robe of Stars, which is the equipment we got in um, Forgotten Realms Commander. It's a two mana, uh, one in a white. Equipped creature gets plus O plus three, but tap two, equipped creature phases out. Yeah. So that way you can keep all the equipment and be able to not have to pay that cost again. There's also Guardian of Faith, which I always also see as a cheap um, Teferi's Protection. It's a three mana creature, flash, vigilance, ETB, any number of other target creatures you control phase out. Um, that is a little bit off theme, but I think a robe of stars or something that also offers protection to Astor might be useful here. Yeah, yeah I definitely thought about phasing as a mechanic, uh, and maybe it's a little bit too cheeky, but part of me kind of just wanted to get that extra ETB trigger that you don't really get from phasing, since the creature never mm-hmm. leaves the battlefield. Again, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe it's not worth it, just for that extra card, but uh, I just thought it was cool. I just want to draw as many yeah. cards as I can in a, in a Boros deck. But phasing no, I definitely think... could definitely be useful in conjunction with this as well, at the very least. Yeah, I think it's it's how much of the value do you see from, like, I'm protecting my commander, but also blinking them in so I get another chance to look for another equipment. Mm-hmm. And is that value better than protecting the creature you have with all the equipment? Because even if the yeah. equip cost is one, once you get to five or six equipment... That's six mana you're going to have to spend to put everything back sure. on. And if you just filtered and found a, um, you know, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look for the, the dumbest equipment I can find uh, <laughs> that you got. But obviously they're all incredible um, with this commander. So it's a little bit more difficult. So maybe maybe that does make sense. I, I remember the last thing, though, and it was even cheekier. And it was um, no liquid metal torque in here. If you had something like... Um, the forge, Darksteel Forge, and we're able to turn Astor into an artifact at will, uh, if you could get into more synergies with protecting it, or other stuff. Um, but I think that, that gets a little bit too too out there in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, it's not, definitely not, I don't know, whenever I think of Liquid Metal Torque, I mean, this deck could definitely stand to use a, um, another Mana Rock, probably, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe all of its artifact removal is also enchantment removal. Uh, and I, I mean, I guess that's not necessarily a good case for it. That's just what I think about it most, being mono-red player. Um, <laughs> but because right. you can use it to destroy planeswalkers and creatures and, you know, other other permanents mm-hmm. as well. Um, the only exception I can think to that uh, is uh, in this deck we're running Sword of Sinew and Steel, which is less than $10.00. Um, whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target planeswalker and one target artifact. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was there. thinking more from from protection because white has a lot of like your um, artifacts gain X. So if huh. you can turn Astor into an artifact, getting those abilities as well, as opposed to an offensive tool, seeing it as defensive. Because something like Darksteel Forge, which would give all of your equipment the ability to not die, 
could also benefit Astor if you can turn it into a uh, artifact. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. So yeah. it was it was more cheeky than you were expecting. But yeah, if you're in white, you can remove most threats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at this point, with white being the color of all the answers, but no way to get them. Yep. Mm. yep. Uh, <clears throat> another thing that I wanted to note that I thought was interesting was um, a love Halvar got a battle in here. Super good way to keep your commander around and uh, make sure that he, he even if he dies, he comes back to your hand instead of going back to the zone and suffering mm-hmm. that tax and everything. Uh, but I found it interesting that you did not put uh, Mom and uh, Gom in here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta cut yourself off from the drug that Damn. keeps you going. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. I I really He's value protection in a um in a Voltron deck just because getting in is so important and that's why I have as many budgets TM or quote unquote budget swords in this as possible as well as commander's plate. Um but yeah, they just didn't make it into the final uh <laughs> thing, I guess. Maybe maybe a more tuned uh deck or list would have those uh and it's honestly probably a good idea, but um I was worried Chev was going to strangle me through the computer <laughs> if I put those in one more deck, because I think they've been in every white deck I've ever made. They have been in, in every white deck you own. I think yep. it's I think it's more, you know, we know you're already past the point of uh, help, mm-hmm. so we're trying to protect our listeners from going down the same path. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, honestly, any other white deck, I, I would have gotten in your case about it as well, but I think that just in a Voltron deck, it's not only so good for protecting your commander, it's so good for aggression. Yes. If your opponent... Mm-hmm has a bunch of green blockers you could say okay what what else do you have no because more. they aren't allowed to block yeah yep absolutely um when you mentioned halvar i thought or i was hoping you were going to uh, also notice my secret sweet tech uh forging the tyrite sword I oh i thought you were gonna talk about lizard blades oh lizard blades <laughs> Um, Bro, forging the tier sword being a saga that creates two treasures on its first two, and then tutors up an equipment, or just randomly Halvar, just because why not? I mean, he's, he's also an equipment. equipment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I think it, I think they were like, can we get the tierite sword? That doesn't work within the rules, so we gotta call Halvar so he can become the sword. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, no, no, we we forge the sword, and then we're like, hey, yo, Halvar, come pick up your sword. You know, you call, him, like, hey, get over here. Get over here real quick. That, so the mechanics are done with it. Yep. That might have God, been... I, God, I wish this thing had read ahead. Yep. Like, the fact that you have to wait two turns for those treasures really hurts. Yep. Yeah, the treasures like, bro, might I'm trying to have you all dead two turns from uh, now. Because, yeah, Forging the Tired Sword is only three. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, read ahead would be sick on this, undeniably. But uh, those, those treasures, I assume, are there to help you cast uh, Sword of the Realms mm. and uh, equip right. it. Yeah, right for sure, for sure. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just a couple, uh, I think, two or three more cards I want to briefly bring up here uh, before I, I pass the mic off. Um, Resurrection Orb, uh, printed in, I believe, the Necron uh, Precon from mm-hmm. the Warhammer 40k Commander decks. Uh, pretty sweet card I've found. Um, I think it would work really well in, I, I mean, I guess pretty much any... Uh, Voltron Commander, but um, what it does is uh, it's two mana, equip creature has lifelink, and whenever the equipped creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step, so just a nice another layer of protection, and also having lifelink on a creature that's inevitably going to be giant is great. Um, Masterwork of a new Ingenuity is a card that flew way under my radar, uh, but uh, I think it's just really interesting. Uh, it is just a one mana Artifact equipment doesn't even have an equip cost, but you may have <laughs> Masterwork of Ingenuity enter the battlefield as a copy of any equipment on the battlefield, obviously including an opponent's. If an opponent just happens to have a better, you know, equipment than you, or you just need your Swiftfoot boots, or seems all. dubious given this deck. But. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe all your stuff got removed. I don't know. True. Uh, it seems like it could happen. <laughs> and then finally, um, another cool common pick I had for this, uh, Haunted Cloak, I feel like is a sleeper, uh, really good equipment. Um, par- par- yep. Perhaps because it's common, but it's three mana, it's a quick cost, it's just naturally one, so that's cool, but 
It gives uh, the equipped creature three super important keywords, uh, that being Vigilance, Trample, and Haste. Probably the the best three I could think... If, if I had to make a rank for, like, a Voltron deck, those would probably be up there. Maybe Double Strike instead of... Hexproof. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's they're still all, good. It's the boring it's one. Still it's, it's the... Yeah, it's the of the of the of, combat uh, related. Yes, of, of the, the combat, combat related. related that's what you want. Those are probably in a perfect best, world yeah. where no one plays removal. These are yeah. the three you want. Yeah, true, true, true. But um, I'm a big fan of this card, and uh, I think it's neat. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting haste, my guy, you ain't got no lightning lightning greaves in here. That's true. Uh, so I was a little hesitant to put any card that gave him shroud in here, Ooh, just because yeah. if you, for mm. whatever reason, don't have another creature out, you, you can't, like, reconfigure right, Lightning Greaves. Your own synergy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Shoot, you're right. I forgot that that includes, like, equip, yep. equipping things as well. It, same reason there's no Whisper Silk Cloak, but I did put Swiftfoot Boots in there, obviously, just because you gotta give them something. And then, But I, I figured with the amount of other ways this deck sort of gives protection, um, mm -hmm. it, w it would just be fine without those. Honestly, That's boring, yeah. anyways. Bludgeon Brawl should include the ability to throw your equipment at people, too, and just that deal the sick. damage. Just yep. <laughs> all equipment has unequip X, deal X, boom, Sacrifice. throw the grease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just two more things. One, you should put Rogue Passage in this, now that I'm thinking about giving things unblockable. Good point, yep. And two, um, a card that I would love to play in my deck, just to get as many triggers as possible, but I'm just not going to be attacking, Blade of Selves. Uh, equipped creature has Myriad. It's only two mana. It equips for four, but we don't care because we have Astro out, yeah. so it equips for one. That's three more triggers. That's that's you're literally digging twenty one <laughs> cards through your deck and getting three equipment or or vehicles or, or whatever you want to get. Yeah. Um, any sort of deck that wants to really be digging with Astor, I think should play this. Um, I don't know if you have this in your your deck chat. Yeah, okay, you should put Blade of just feel like in this a, deck. <laughs> yeah, it's it is in there already, and I did put it in the notes, but I totally glossed over it. So thank you, Julian, for uh, reminding me. Uh, yeah, two two more ETBs. I mean, that's all it's for. The Halvars, or mm -hmm. excuse me, not the Halvars. The Astors just die when they enter because of Legend Rule, but you still get their ETBs somehow. Uh, so it's essentially just a, a draw two in the top 14 cards of your library uh, whenever you attack with them. Pretty so, nifty. Yeah, seemed worth it to me. Also, another example of a card that's um, pretty cheap, but it's got a high equip cost that just gets reduced to one yeah. by Astor. So. Um, yeah, it's I also pretty cheap monetarily after it's reprint. Yes, it used to be up near ten bucks, and now it's a dollar sixty-two. Yes, yes, absolutely, love it. I personally was very happy to discover that when building my deck. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, speaking, what other what other, uh, what what other cards were you excited were cheap, yeah. Eric? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was uh, the last one to pick, and to be honest, Astor was was not speaking to me in any particular direction. So I decided to look a budget route. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, Classic. ultimately, Astor did end up uh, reminding me of my experience with the 40k decks that we played. Uh, I played mm -hmm. the Space Marines, and very specifically, there were a ton of Wraths that came down throughout that game, but I had two or three vehicles that were there the entire time, and they never died, because <laughs> most Wraths don't hit artifacts. And so, I was able to just drop, like, two creatures throw them in the cars, and just start beating again. And so I decided to make this sort of like a budget aggro deck focused on mass removal, token generation, and vehicles. Cool. Uh, so there's... Love it. A, the card that is this deck incarnate is Marshall Coup. Two white X, uh, create X-1-1 one, one white soldier creature tokens. If X is five or more, destroy all other creatures. Uh... Even if you lose Astor in this, or if he wasn't even on the field in the first place, uh, if you pay seven, you kill everything, and then you have five power worth of creatures to crew whatever vehicle survived the wipe. And then you know that they're getting in, unless your opponent had indestructible creatures. Uh, I also have a fair number of token... Uh, oh, also, Marshall Coup is 18 cents. Uh <laughs> It is mm. that. Mm. There were a group of equipment that I was looking for and was excited to find that was pretty full, uh, which is equipment that makes creatures when you attack. Because, mm. obviously, if we're looking to recover from wipes, equipment is going to survive that as well. So if we can 
put some claws on our Chevy, then we can start doing business. Uh, but, like, <laughs> Captain's Claws, uh, equipped creature gets 1-0, not very exciting. When it attacks, put a 1-1 core ally creature in battlefield tapped and attacking. That's creature generation. Uh, uh, Moon Silver Spear is probably the strongest one. Four mana, equipped creature has first strike whenever it attacks. Create a 4-4 white angel creature with flying, equipped four. It's also only 23 cents. Uh, that one does not come in attacking, but is still just useful to, you know, when you attack, make a 4-4 that'll sit back as a blocker or can crew a vehicle on defense. Uh, Horn of Valhalla is another card that I thought fit this deck super well to a T. Uh, it's 41 cents. It comes with an adventure of Eastgard's Call, X and two white. Create X, white... 1-1 one, one white soldier creature tokens, and then equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each creature you control as the actual equipment itself. Uh, a lot of this is just really focused on building big boards. You're going to dump all your mana into make a bunch of creature tokens, and then later on in the turn, you're going to crew y- all your vehicles, kick the shit out of somebody, and if you don't have uh, you know, that big generation, you can start equipping some of the equipment that we have in here, which is pretty strong. Uh, a psychotic card that I'm running, because I think it's funny. Uh, let's say <laughs> you only have uh, your commander, and he's keeping all your equip costs low, all your crew costs low, and he's, he's suited up with equipment, and it makes all these creatures when you attack. How are you going to keep him safe? Everyone's board's bigger. You, the equipment that makes creatures is kind of medium. Welcome Ebony Horse. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to talk about this. Three mana, <laughs> artifact. Two, tap. Untap target attacking creature you control. That creature neither receives nor deals damage during combat this turn. That can also be used. No, it cannot. It cannot be used to block. Anyway, it's just used to get attack triggers and get out. Uh, it is It is Maze of Ith very much at home. <laughs> uh, can, I, can I point out... This card, first of all, only 25 cents, uh, but I'm very surprised because it doesn't even have a set symbol. Apparently, it's from 4th edition, and it's a rare. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, would this work like Reconnaissance, too? Um, Where you can get in, deal the damage, and give pseudo-vigilance? I think so, yes. I, I, that's the first thing, actually, I thought of when I heard, or uh, when Eric started talking about this ability. Uh, I believe there is, because like... Because it's prevent all that would be done, but if it's already done it then this could be done in the cleanup step of combat. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. I, I think let me that's check, correct. Let me check the errata text. <laughs> yep. That won't help you. Oh, oh, it did? Uh, You're on Scryfall? I, I, I just uh, checked on, on Moxfield because it pulls up the Scryfall text. It doesn't say, like, at the start of combat or anything, like, as a rider mm-hmm. that would prevent no you from yeah. going during cleanup. Um, but yeah, anyway, Ebony Horse is a card that I found and am excited that I got to put in this deck. 25 <laughs> cent card from 4th edition. Um, because we're in red, we also get to run all the Red Wrath, so Blast from Sack, Chain Reaction, they're all in here. Uh, we get to run a card that has not seen play in this playgroup in ages, but I did used to run it in Marath, Assemble the Legion. At the beginning of your upkeep, mm, put yep. a muster counter on Assemble the Legion, then create a 1-1 red-white soldier... To- Creature token with haste for each muster counter on Assemble the Legion. So that's another way that you can have this immediate comeback mechanic after you cast a Wrath, is if going into your... uh, If last turn you Wrath the board, and, you know, maybe you played one of your spells that makes some creatures, Assemble the Legion is going to give you even more at the start of your turn, next turn, and they're going to be ready to act. So, Eric, I have a complete non-sequitur, but a new segment that I'm going to start and probably forget by next week... We call this Jank uh, Brand Crossover, and I've decided that it comes to Assemble the Legion. So imagine, if you will, a reprint during a fast food secret lair. Assemble the McDonald. We're already in red-white, the colors of McDonald's. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a mustard Mustard. counter on (laughs) Assemble the Legion, then create a 1-1 red clown. We get those from Infinity. It works here. Boom. Chiv, I'm sorry, did it. you... Continue. Did you mention the clown creature tokens that I'm already <laughs> using in oh, this I deck? Oh, I saw it. 
I saw it. I want you to bring this to the Olympics as your $50 deck solely to bap Julian in the face with clown cards. Yes, by the way, this, I, this deck does come in at $45. Oh, I, yeah. I, I love it. What clown car is a ridiculous, stupid... I, I have no... I want to see it played. Like, what is the average number of dice you use for it? Uh, clown car, I'll let Eric explain it because it's in his deck and it's just stupid enough that he, he has earned the right to state what it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clown car... Is Only if you read the flavor text as well. Clown car is an X cost artifact, uh, meaning you can play it for zero if you just want a vehicle to exist. But that's boring. And you know what's exciting? When clown car enters the battlefield, roll X six-sided dice. For each odd result, create a 1-1 one, one white clown robot artifact creature token. Oh, they're white. Okay. <laughs> for each even result. Red balloons, white clowns. Uh, for each even result, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Clown Car Crew 2. Uh, it runs on laughing gas. Uh, but anyway, Clown Car is in here just because it's sort of another thing that I can dump mana into and will theoretically make me some creatures. I don't know what they're really going to... how much they're going to do, but uh, in, in theory, if I've got a lot of mana sort of sitting on the side, it'll be a big vehicle and it'll come with a fair number of creatures oh what's up i i just want to say i think it'd be really funny if they made clown car have like crew 10 it, it would have been <laughs> and it's like a one one <laughs> yeah you had to cram like 10 dudes in there and then well, i don't know it have, uh, have some effect to make what if it had like an, a, a crew cost for clowns specifically like it takes a lot of clowns to fill, but maybe only one normal like, person. They could do. They could have done something cool where it was, it's like a variable crew cost, where it's like you only need like one okay. or two, you know, to make it thing. But you, if you crew it with as many clowns, it gets buffed yeah. that way, right? If you crew it with twelve clowns, Correct. now it's a twelve twelve or, or something. You could have its power be equal to like the number of creatures that crewed it. So like you mm. won't crew it with just an Ulamog. You crew it with like specifically mm. ten, I don't know, like clowns or I don't know goblins or something. Nuts. <laughs> I, I, I think that's funny. Um, yeah. the, speaking car. of things with alternate crew costs, Dermotaxi is another card that I discovered <laughs> in here. Dermotaxi. Uh, which is a two-cost vehicle. As Dermotaxi enters the battlefield, exile a creature card from a graveyard. So it can be graveyard removal for decks that are trying to muck about in there. And tap two untapped creatures you control until end of turn. Dermotaxi becomes a copy of the exiled card except it's a vehicle artifact in addition to its other types. Notably, <laughs> do not pay the one with Astor to crew this. It'll die. It will die. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. It is a zero-zero. Uh, New goal with uh, oh the pro or Emrakul the Promised End. Watch you crew playing this deck and crew the Dermotax. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Definitely sort of popping around here, but uh, Outlaw's Merriment is another card like Assemble Legion yeah. that will just sort of poop out creatures for us that'll slowly generate value. Freaking love that uh, card. Defenders of Humanity is a really strong card. I think that does that same effect of play it, make a bunch of creatures, and then if you have an empty board, you can essentially sack it to cast it again to refill. That was a card that I was super impressed with when we played our game. And another thing on these these enchantments that are making creatures: uh, Assembled Legion, twenty four cents; Defenders of Humanity, thirty one cents; Outlaws Merriman, forty three cents. Uh, blows my mind that these are all so cheap. Mm -hmm. Maybe because they're in Assembled bowls, Legion is five like mana. Outlaws Merriman is four mana. Um, <laughs> Defenders of Humanity, I they think give you should be. Uh, I would understand Defenders of Humanity costs more, especially because it's such a limited print run, but. Um, Outlaws Merriment and Assembled Legion, I think, are just prohibitively mana-wise expensive. Uh, that's that's fair enough, I guess. I don't know. I love those cards, yeah, though. I'm biased. Sure. Any, any other cards that uh, you guys are interested in here? I think we need to talk about the, the original uh, Big Fat Boat Beat Stick uh, Consulate Dreadnought. A one-mana vehicle... One mana, 7-11. And no, I'm not talking about the convenience store. I'm talking about the stats. Except it's got crew 6. Except it doesn't actually have crew 6 because we have Astor out. So it only has crew 1. So that's a one mana, 7-11 with crew 1. Let's go. Yeah, I, I feel like that is going to be the perfect bridge point between Chev and I's decks. But I don't, I don't know if we're ready for that transition. Chev, are you running Consulate Dreadnought? I assume you are. I, I thought about it. I am not. Uh, we, we have a lot of the same Heretic. vehicles. 
because they're still relatively low. Um, but instead, I kind of focused more of mine on the what really gets upgraded between our two decks because there is a very similar vibe of vehicles are cheaper <laughs> than equipment when you're trying to do something good. Uh, so the the biggest change, and, and even even with trying to make it as good of a vehicle deck as I could, the price comes in at $122. Uh, a lot of that value just went towards instants and sorceries. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're running more removal. We're running better removal. Uh, we're running... Um, Jessica's Will and Savin's Reclamation that adds, you know, $16 by themselves and doing a little bit more with creatures generating the tokens because kind of similarly came up with the same, you know, we need more um, more ways to generate creatures to crew these vehicles. Something that I came up with that would also work in your deck, uh, Dig Site Engineer, uh, three mana, three, three um, from the Osgur deck. Uh, but whenever you cast an artifact, pay two to make a construct with uh, creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control mm. so essentially just cast all your vehicles make the guys that can crew them um similar with master trinketeer just makes servos whenever you have a little extra mana lying around uh Mer smith pay one whenever you cast an artifact make a one one mer since equip vehicle crew costs are one you can do that with a lot of other things um so that would be probably the biggest change between our two yeah uh just before we fully move on to yours uh, I did want to highlight uh, Nautiloid Ship. It is the most expensive yeah. vehicle I am running, and I think this thing is cool as hell. Uh, it's a four-mana <laughs> vehicle flying. When it enters the battlefield, exile target player's graveyard. When Nautiloid Ship deals combat damage to a player, you may put a creature card exiled with Nautiloid Ship onto the battlefield under your control. I especially love Nautiloid Ship with I am running both Legion Loyalty and Blade of Selves to get as many chances at myriad as possible just because some of these vehicles some of these creatures have some nasty etbs and some nasty attack triggers and so nautiloid ship i i think that's that's one i'm really excited about uh it's a sick card dang that's wild (laughs) it's strong anyway jeff more more on your deck uh I, i know we've got a lot of overlap but um yeah i'm sure i so i, I kind of wanted to approach mine in a different way and as as a um a rebuttal to oakley's comment when astor was first showed up in our legends podcast of oakley asking do we think vehicles are um <laughs> a viable ed8 strategy at this point and i said yes <laughs> and then warhammer came out and proved me correct so i went <laughs> i went through this kind of as a i'm going to build a vehicle deck and how is that going to work and i think that the reason that a vehicle deck is now possible is because of three main sets uh and they've all come back to back and they have helped re- revolutionize um boros starting of course with strixhaven and the oscar precon it's crazy how much of that precon also works in this deck. Oscar himself uh, sacrificing your vehicles and then being able to make two of everything. So yes, we could myriad the uh, the nautiloid, or we could just have two regular ones and then myriad. Um, although that seems you know, too, easy. Or exile. <laughs> too easy. Too <laughs> easy. Uh, but for everything else too, like uh, the Sky Sovereign Console uh, flagship or Peace Walker Colossus, which uh, Eric didn't bring up, but is key to these decks. Um, one in a white. To just turn another vehicle you control into an artifact creature. No crew required. Excellent. Um, other things from the Oscar Precon are Alibo, uh, which went up in price but is now way back down. Artifact creatures you control have haste. And whenever one or more artifact creatures attack, uh, Alibo deals X damage to any target and you scry X, where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. That's going to be great with all of your tokens that are crewing these vehicles, uh, dealing the damage, and um, you know some sort of card advantage in Boros. Uh, already mentioned Dig Site Engineer, and then Bronze Guardian. Uh, comes in on the high end for Eric's deck, but for here it's great. Other artifacts you control of Ward 2. Uh, you want to be protecting your vehicles. You want to make them slightly harder to remove. Everyone's running artifact removal at this point. Uh, especially we're seeing Jolene in our own playgroup. Everyone's running artifact removal, um, so having the ability to kind of protect yours is good. Followed almost a year later, um, Kamigawa... Our return had a ton of crazy stuff. They really pushed vehicles in that set. Mech Hanger um, being a, another way to kind of like Astor gets removed. You can turn a vehicle into an artifact creature for three mana regardless. Uh, randomly, I, I'm not sure if, if um, Eric saw this, but AO the Dawn Sky has vehicle uh, synergy. 
Um, when it dies, look at the top seven cards. Put any number of um, non-land. That's not the right ability. Uh, the second ability is when it dies, put two one-one counters on each permanent you control. That's a creature or vehicle. Yo. <laughs> well, Chad, the first nice. one, the first one is the right ability because it finds you another vehicle. Exactly. Bring it back. Murder it again. Um, and then, of course, the Shorakai precon, right? That gave us armed and armored, uh, which is a way better version of start your engines uh, from from Kaladesh. Armed and armored is a two mana instant, uh, fifteen cents. Eric, uh, vehicles you control become artifact creatures until end of turn. Choose a dwarf you control. Attach any number of equipment you control to it. Uh, that and then I did see Eric. You were running the uh, call time uh, one that makes a ton of dwarves, and then like it, it's still the uh, dwarves are are key to vehicles. Um, oh, Reckless crew. Yep. Uh, create X two ones where X is the number of vehicles you control. Also excellent. Chub. Literally, all I want is for this deck is Isochron Scepter, so I can just cast Armed and Armored every turn. That would be pretty freaking nice. Um, I, you could definitely like clean up the the instant and sorcery package to make that much better. But with things like Dispatch and Cloud Shift and uh, Built to Smash, uh, the one mana instant from Kaladesh it turns something um, just gives a plus three plus three or trample. I had to put that in for my original Depalabic follow build uh mm. but yeah it, that would be a super good one and then the final card from shorakai uh, aerial surveyor kind of in that vein we've seen of white cards that deal with uh when you don't have as many lands as your opponents but three mana three four vehicle flying crew two it attacks if defending player controls more lands tutor up a planes put it right into play so it's it's better than the cartographer hawk it's better than some other ones um it's just good clean get your lands out uh chev i I know that you were talking about Kamigawa, and I, I just want to make sure we stay there for one second and address Mech Titan Core. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Voltron quite literally assembles with this card, <laughs> and it's so sick. It's so easy. It's a, a two-mana to play, and then um, you exile in four other artifact creatures, so you don't even have to worry about like all the Cauldra getting the specific pieces. Or vehicles. You're going to have... Or vehicles, yeah. You don't have to You're going to have those those tokens that, that do the stuff to get you uh, big boy. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the final set we got, the, the one that really pushed it over the edge and made um, Oakley's comments just, you know, obsolete at this point, uh, Warhammer 40K. Thunderhawk Gunship. Um, Reckoner. No, rank. <laughs> there's so much sci-fi stuff in the last few sets. There was another specific one. That just didn't have uh, Peace Reaver Walker Titan. Colossus. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, Re Reaver Peace Titan, Walker Reaver, Reaver Titan. Titan. Reaver Titan. Uh, ETB does nothing. The other one is the one with the ETB. This one is just when it attacks, deal five damage to each opponent. But it's a ten ten, and you're crewing it for one now. So there's so many randomly good vehicles we have uh, all on the cheap. Night Paladin is the one that you're thinking mm -hmm. of. Five mana. I am thinking of Night Paladin. Vehicle trample ETB deal four to each opponent. Natively crew one. Yeah. There's also trample sixes. Oh, yeah. There's so <laughs> much know. that like they they've really been like vehicles need ETBs, um, and they probably really do to be viable. But just so much so much good stuff recently. Um, the last few I I also wanted to call outlaws merriment. I think that's cool. Um, Reckless crew also cool. Sram's expertise I thought was kind of a fun fun little thing where we create three tokens, but then we can also probably cast a vehicle that they could crew. Uh, and then Indomitable Archangel. It's it's <laughs> you're gonna give your artifact shroud, um, which is really pretty helpful in this deck since we're not worried about equipping anything. Yeah, the vehicles are cool as hell. I'm I'm very convinced after making this deck, especially I I find the game plan of wipe the board, play some dudes, equip all your vehicles, smack somebody. I, I, I think that's going to be super fun. Mm -hmm. I see you're running Cultivator's Caravan. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this seems fun. So so part of this for me, it, it, it could definitely be more optimized, but there were certain cards that I was like, listen, I tried to make vehicles work when I first had it. I had one game where I was able to get that 7-Eleven out and equip it with one of the, the modifications from Kaladesh that were enchantments that if they equip a vehicle, turns it into an artifact creature permanently. And I specifically remember being at Eric's table, getting a 7-Eleven 
with, I think, flying, because there's the aerial modification, by, like, turn two or three, and the, the deck never did that well again. Mm. Um, but I was trying to relive that moment with this, so there's a bit of a lean on Kaladesh vehicles. Depalo's in the 99. Um, we've got Cultivator's Caravan. We've got a couple of those less-than-stellar Kaladesh ones, the first vehicles, the toe in the water, uh, it, but it's really a bit of a swan song for me. Chev, what are your thoughts... Caught in the brights, of course. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Mysterious Limousine? I know you're not running it, but I'm mm. curious to hear uh, what you were thinking about it. I went I went back and forth on that a little bit. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I liked it as a way to get I think more it works Astor, with Astor ETBs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think like that could be, could be interesting. Um, I... I just wasn't sure with the cost. It's a five mana four four at the end of the day, and I felt like I had enough other card advantage engines through like SRAM and through just card draw and everything else that like I I didn't think the benefit of the extra triggers would be worth it compared to running more powerful vehicles out of the gate. I also liked it as uh, essentially a way to get blockers out of the way because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. your own creatures okay. you're exiling. Like, if your opponent has kind of a beef stick in your way, and it doesn't have a good ETB, you can just put him in the car and then never attack again. <laughs> yeah. Or if he's got some tokens out, you know. <laughs> yeah, and... just I just see Eric in the fucking Cadillac just driving by, just, just get, get in the car, good, good. The interesting thing is, it's unlike a lot of other cards, it does not return them if it dies. Mm-hmm. If, if the car dies oh, and you shit. were in it, sounds tough. <laughs> Going You're right sleeping the with the fishes. Um, yeah. So essentially, I, I like the idea of like, let's say you've got Ulamog out. I put Ulamog in the trunk, drive the limousine <laughs> at Oak, and Oak's like, yeah, I'll block. <laughs> Mob hit gone wrong. That is beautiful. Okay. I might reevaluate my stance. I I mean, you're still paying five and crew and two, and there's a lot going into this, but I I, I think it's it's an interesting card that you can make a lot of choices with. Mm -hmm. And it's eight cents. (laughs) There you go. So something that I wanted to kind of just, like, pose to the the group as, as a consideration, something I've been noticing, especially for these vehicle decks, but for Astor in general, just with the way he wants to play out um, more sort of like global haste enablers. That's another thing that I feel like really is detrimental to vehicles is the whole thing. Like, Oh, you have to tap your creatures to make them actually creatures, make them functional. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can do with summoning sick creatures, but the, once you turn them into creatures, they have summoning sickness themselves and a great way to kind of get around this, like this lag, you know, potentially even two turn lag. Um, for vehicles would be like something like a haste enabler. So what are you guys thoughts on like more haste enablers in these sort of decks and, and Astor in general wants to have haste because he wants to either have his, his, uh, his mechs punching or he wants to be punching. It sounds about right think, to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I, I mean, that's, that's why I'm running Alibo, um, giving other artifact creatures I control haste, but I definitely think mm. maybe a few more slots could go towards hasty things because I mean that two turn clock is most, dangerous because it telegraphs exactly what you're going to do so having haste and being able to kind of do it because you are kind of tied to the two resource required of a good vehicle and the people to crew it so there's two vectors that opponents can kind of target when you're trying to to swing because a board wipe yes your vehicle stay but you still need to get creatures back out yeah um or you need to remove the vehicle in the first place and if you're playing a bunch of tokens your one one servos aren't going to be able to get the job done without your uh, reckoner bank buster yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Chev, I am a little saddened, though. I also understand uh, what, that you're not running Captain Rex Nebula in this deck. <laughs> yeah, for I, I thought purposes. about it. <laughs> I thought about it really hard, and I was like, "There's just so many good vehicles. I don't know what I'd want to turn into a vehicle and just crash land." <laughs> but, uh, I think I think there's another build out there. Unfortunately, it's probably combo-based or something heinous if you're trying to do Rex Nebula right. Uh, but there is also a janky Futurama-themed um, deck we can pull out of that. All right. So I think we've covered, literally, as we 
we talked about in the beginning, we've got uh, Astor from vehicles, Astor from equipment, Astor from combo-ish, um, and uh, budget Astor. So we've got all the different ways to to kind of parse this incredibly versatile commander. Do we have any closing thoughts on him? Uh, do we have any, any last things before we, we say goodnight? Um, well, first off, something I want to say. Trev, one thing that you did that... Uh, the rest of us did not do, and one of my points is going to be we have a lot of overlap. But one thing you did that we did not do is you switched the stained glass art of Astor, which didn't even know he had one, but it's super cheap. It's going to run you about 30 cents whether you want to do foil or non-foil, and I would say it looks infinite. Not that the, the original Astor art looks bad, but this just looks infinitely better, infinitely more badass. So if you're going to build Astor, definitely pick yourself up a, uh, a copy of the stained glass. But, um, yeah, like you were saying, I think we found kind of all the lanes that Astor mm. can fit in and for a Boros commander in this day and age where a lot of a lot of the legends are um you know good but they're very one focused. one note yeah, yeah folk focus is a great way to put it um I think that you can take him in a few different directions and I think something that we kind of found across most of our builds is that um a lot of times um even though you can lean in one direction there's always uh the ability to sort of splash mm-hmm. the other packages that he has um and also just another thing that i kind of find nice is that like there are just some cards no matter which way you want to build aster you're going to want to run and uh, just being able to kind of have that is like okay i don't need to completely build this 100 from scratch i know i need some of these sort of things just to make this function uh, is nice as well but there are still uh, plenty of ways you can take it yeah i think that's definitely my favorite part of him as well we each sort of focused on one of his three keywords (laughs) Uh, or one of his three abilities, rather, and um, mm-hmm. there was there wasn't a, there was still some, but not a ton of overlap. For example, I don't think I had any vehicles in my deck. I don't think Julian had any either. But if I just wanted to throw like Parhelion two in my deck because I think that card is sweet, or like um, yeah, any any of these vehicles really, uh, it you know it'd be great. If I want to put more like flicker synergy, that'd be two. Or that'd be great too. But yeah, he's a very versatile card, and that's that's definitely why I called him art out in our original uh, episode, and uh, I stand by that. Certainly. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yep. And okay, I, I, I guess that's it. Have a good night. <laughs> that's it. And there we are. We're done. <laughs> Easy.